Hey, the killer. No cap. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, fuck whoa. nigga, no cap. Get back, little nigga. Smoke thinking that shit rap. Blew a lot of money, but I made shit back. I'm big dog, little bitch. This facts, fuck nigga, no cap. Man, welcome back, man. Welcome back to another episode of No Cap. When capping is allowed, but it will be addressed. No doubt, no Ooh. doubt, man. I got my host in the building, Skrill Bus. Jazz, I got two special guests. FM Supreme, how you doing, Quinn? Mm-hmm. Doing okay. My boy Jamal Gray, right man, this is Jamal. What's up, though? What's going on, man? How y'all been? Ah, oh, man, I've been good, man. Just Seven. taking it one day at a time. Yeah, most definitely. How about you? You been good? I've been blessed. Very happy to be here. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you even replying back, both of y'all. Yeah, I just knew y'all was gonna be like, nah, I ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know we fresh in the game right now, but we the best. Yeah, in Chicago, right out the gate, you know. <laughs> that normally don't happen, but you know, you got D Diddy and Jazz and Bush and Ball on your team, you know. Yeah, happen. <laughs> exactly. You know, let's get right to it. Fred, mm-hmm. kids leave school. Yeah. Why? Man, first of all, let me just say we gotta just give a lot of love and I'm just so proud of our young people, man. I mean, they all organized a walkout. Thousands of young folks walked out of school and said, y'all ain't listening to us. <laughs> y'all out there making decisions based on what we going through in the classroom. <laughs> we going up in there catching the virus. We up in there with 30, 40 kids in a small classroom. We know what's going on in here, but the mayor and the teachers union, y'all fighting and y'all not letting us have a voice. <laughs> and so that's what it was about, man, is young people were saying, no, we need a remote option. No, the surge has been real. A lot of young people in my classroom have caught COVID and, and passing it to me and I got people in my family that I take it home to who is immunocompromised and can't take the, you know, so it, it was just it was just amazing to, to see the young people out there stand strong, man, because it just reminded me of me when I was that age, sure. you know, doing radical movements, so um, I love it. Yeah, man, I thought that was dope, especially um, I saw the young man, got he got up there to speak and his speech was like great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was a good look for Chicago because they normally see us up there, ah, oh, cursing, wow, uh, stuttering, and all that stuff. And he got up there and spoke like this is what he was born to do. You yep. know what I'm saying? Is he related to you? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was. Um, and, and no, I mean, when I say I looked at him and I was over there by him and, and was just trying to listen to where he was coming from, and I said, this is too good. Let me pull out my phone because I, I got to record this because. He just had his facts straight. He was saying some amazing stuff before I even turned the camera on. Yeah. And um, he had his facts straight. Y'all said when we was at a negative 8% rate, oh, yeah. you know, we'd go to remote learning. But we had 22%. Uh-huh. So how we able to, how y'all want us to follow y'all rules? Y'all didn't follow the ones that y'all set for. He and uh, he, was coming, he was coming strong, man. And no, he did. He's a young, young boy who had a sister at the crib who was like, he can't even go near her when he go home from school because he like, he think he'll kill her because she immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. So he like, it's, it's passion, he's passionate about this. It matters to him. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was powerful, man. They ain't just out here just, they think these kids just want to just walk out and, oh uh, man, they, they don't want to be educated. They just want to walk out so they can get a free day of school. Look at that kid talk and tell me how stupid you think he is. Yeah, that boy is intelligent and he loved to learn. He just want to be safe. Yeah, cause, you know, that was different. Normally, they always putting us out there as being monsters, yeah. especially the youth. You know what yep. I'm saying? They always talking about guns. He brought a gun to school. Mm-hmm. I was smiling when I really saw that. That mm-hmm. like, 
I ain't gonna say it surprised me, but it did surprise me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was like a good feeling. So was that arranged by you or the students? That was just something off the top they did. So I mentor uh, what what I did. Let me let me step back and say, you know, throughout the movement, my first goal was always to create the next generation of leaders. Uh, it was never my goal to be a civil rights advocate for 40, 50, 60 years. And be, that, that was my goal. Yes, okay. <laughs> no capping on this show. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> um, we, um, you know, I always set forth to do what I, I felt was needed to do and then have young people that yeah. I pass it down to. Uh, and that's what I did. So when I moved for a lot of policies, I was in the streets many years, I became a father and, and et cetera. I had young people that was looking up to me that I started to mentor. Now those young people are the ones leading, and now they're bringing up the next generation of young people. So they mentor the 14, 15-year-olds who put this together the other day. And um, so it's just it's just amazing to see that young people believe in, like, no, we, we got to do this together, and we got to get the next generation, and we got to make sure they have a voice, and we holding on to nothing. We all in this fight together. And um, so that's, that's what I love to see that day. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, FN, what's up? I mean, Chicago, first of all, I'm always proud of you, you know. Mm-hmm. Chicago has a rich history of organizing and activism, mm-hmm. and activists from Fred Hampton, the late great Fred Hampton, to Bobby Rush, who's actually a Black Panther. A lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. um, the police came to kill Bobby Rush and they had to kill Fred Hampton. The mm-hmm. only difference was that Bobby Rush was at his girlfriend's house, mm-hmm. so he wasn't home. Bobby Rush hid out. Um, for several days, he was on the run, and the fans was looking for him, and he was convinced that they was going to murder him like they did Fred. And um, he called Reverend Jackson and was like, I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Jackson, he's like, I'm going to surrender, but don't let them kill me. And so Jesse Jackson got the media involved, got attorneys involved, and he helped uh, Congressman Rush. So when I was invited to speak to um, the Congressional Black Caucus in 2018 D.C. on Bobby Rush's panel with Reverend Jackson Derek um, Johnson, president of NAACP, and when uh, Congressman Rush told that story, it humbled me because we always give Jesse Jackson shit. We always like, oh, Jesse Jackson. But the truth is, Jesse Jackson has done a lot for a lot of people. And you could ask Congressman Rush, he's seen him inside his life. And so, mm-hmm. also, too, you know, um, we used to be called Negroes. It was like on the census. And I had, you know, when you apply for a job, you have to check out the Negro yeah, box because of Reverend Jackson. Yeah. That we are called African Americans, so it's important that we give people their flowers while they're here, because that's more than what a lot of niggas in eight ain't never gonna do their lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You know. That's really not a good name either, though. African American. I mean, I agree, but okay. instead of the Negroes, give us more yeah. of a you know okay. yeah. Yeah. more dignity. I, I, I you know? but, but I totally agree. She's right. When you are an activist, one of the things that that you find is that you know we out here on the battlefield, we taking charges, we getting beat up by police. Um, you know, I'd have been framed, you know, with nine felonies, like, you know, literally we get, we go through a whole bunch on the battlefield. And what happens is you get a lot of criticism. You get a lot of folks who, you know, make up, uh, oh, they out there for cloud or they out there money. You're like, we out here to save our people. And then you look back and be like, what y'all doing? And they ain't really doing nothing. And so when you look at those who have been in the field for for so long, they have had moments where they really have real change um, happen in these communities. My only problem is they don't know when to stop, okay? And they don't know how to build up the next generation of young people 
Uh, and that's my only problem, whether it's our black politicians, our black activists, like we love y'all for the things that y'all have done, but this is, should not be a career forever. I agree, but I think it has a lot to do with white supremacy and economic violence and poverty. And so our elders want to die in these seats because they really ain't got nothing else to do afterwards. You know, and it's, it's unfortunate. So I'm proud of Congressman Rush for retiring. Without, you know what I'm saying, why he, you know, is still alive versus, you know, rest in peace of John Lewis. He died in office. But a lot of the reasons why they choose to die in office is because they want to have uh, the benefits that, that you know, that corporate check that you get every, every uh, you know. And they still going to get that. They still going to get that. Still, also, he was there for 30 years. You know, they, want, they, want, they want the funeral with honors, you know, all mm-hmm. that extra stuff. But I think that Congressman Rush realized that, you know, he has more years behind them than ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And it's important to go ahead. He's not going to pass the torch. He's not going to pass the baton. Jesse Jackson told me in 2012, there will be no passing up the baton, <laughs> which is a problem. But for all that did was make me go harder. He's like, you know, all these young activists want to, you know, they want me to give them my platform. What have they done? They need to go get their own media. Coincidentally, I had made, you know, a whole page in the Tribune, something, mm-hmm. something like this. And that's when he made him start dealing with me. And then he taught me how to raise money. He like, you know, people give money to people who they know, like, and trust in that order. Yeah. You go to Foot Locker, you buy a pair of Nikes, you know the brand, you like the brand, you trust that it's going to, that the money you paying for that is going to be worth it. And so I, I take that with me with everything that I do. So I think that, you know, it's important that we acknowledge our elders, but definitely invest in the next generation. Yeah. You know? But um, I'm going to say something on that because I never, I never looked at it from that perspective of um, you saying, like, don't plan forever. Like, that's actually a good point. But I'm thinking more like on the other side, the white people, they stay in position until they got down wrinkled as a prune. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a pro and a con with it. Because I kind of agree with you, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of like, well, to battle they power, we do need some people that have been there 30, 40 years because they be there 40, 50, 60 years and they stay with their same exact program to keep us down. So, it's, you well, know what I'm saying? Like, the reality, what happens with us is that we're we're fighting an economic fight. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And uh, essentially what's happening is in these neighborhoods, you know, that systemic, the systemic oppression is real. Yeah. And so we... We ain't got, we don't own much of nothing in our neighborhoods. They're able to displace us. We're not, we not creating many jobs, opening mm-hmm. up businesses. Like, we really lose it. Mm-hmm. And so when you have political people in place, like Congressman Rush, who was a Black Panther, who we can attribute have done things in his past, what, what has happened is, is he's not a, an effective leader to really talk about the issues that are happening today. He's not keeping up. And he's not. And, and so when we have to be able to pass the torch because times get different. Every 10 years is going to be different. You cannot, you know, it is it's very hard to keep getting older and keep trying to get with the times where every generation is going to handle things differently. Every community is going to be, you know, it's going to start to look different. And so you have to pass the torch and be okay with a different role. You're not leaving. You're on a different role. I'm a senior advisor. I'm, I'm, I'm on the board of the, of, of the of nonprofit. Whatever it is. You bring your wisdom, your resources, your funds down to help propel the next generation. That's the only way we're gonna get somewhere economically. Right now, we losing, and it's 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 we 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 gonna be extinct in Chicago. Because we still use the rotary phone, my iPhone 13. Now I get it. I mean, we 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 gotta we gotta have somebody like that to go out there to Congress or to wherever and be like, "Yo, what's going on?" But what they doing is. 
Like, for example, both of our oldest congressmen in Illinois, black congressmen, they miss the majority of their votes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they go, they, they might only be there to vote one-third or one-fourth of the time. Yeah. You know, they say Bobby Rush, he had a lot of issues over the years. Wife died and other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so he never was there to vote, but like 49% of the time. Yeah, he like 90. So, I don't, I so it's just like, we we gotta have somebody there that's gonna fight. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So, that's what it is. Um, yeah. I wanna know, what happened in in your life that put you out of become an activist? Foster care. So I was raised in foster care, and at a young age, I just didn't trust the government. I grew up listening to Tupac, Chuck D, Public Enemy, Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted album. My mother was a drug dealer, formerly, um, and so she was always afraid of the police. And I actually didn't like when we get pulled over the fear that my mother had, would have, when, even if it's a traffic you know, pullover, and she would just be so afraid of them, and she'd be so... That and she it just it was self deprecating and I just and, and so the first thing I wanted to be was a cop. You know, I said, you know, ten years old, I'm like, well hell, I'd be a police officer. You know, if I pull my mama over, I ain't gonna give it a ticket, I ain't gonna arrest her, like I don't want my mama to be scared, you know, and this fear. So I actually thought cops was a good guy. So I watched Scully and Mulder on, you know, the X Files and really thought that, you know, if I was them a Libra, we great debaters, we wait, you know what I'm saying, everything. Um, but it was when the police tried to, when they arrested my cousin at my grandmother's house, and my mom went out to inquire about what was going on, and the cop ended up mixing my mother and arresting my mother. And my brother ran out, they mixed my brother here. Then my cousin from New Orleans, he's putting milk on my brother's face, and I'm not knowing that you use milk in your face with pepper spray, yeah. right? So that is what made me see the police for what they are, mm-hmm. um, which is um, abusers. They abuse their power all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that the system that has been created. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The End of Policing, actually. It's by Ali Patal. He teaches um, at Brooklyn College. And, you know, I'm an abolitionist. I'm one of the first people who um, stood strong on we need to abolish the police and, and abolish prisons. And when I said it, everybody said I was crazy. It was viral. It was 40 million But I was being trolled, you know. I was being called a stupid nigger cup bitch, left and right, you know. Um, but the truth of the matter is, I actually laughed. At every, I'm, I'm first of all, I grew up in foster care, so I was a bully. I was a class clown. I was a smart addict. I was a really bad kid. The woman I am today is only by God's grace. Like my teachers, my peers from third, fourth grade, like damn, Jessica, yeah, God changed my life. <laughs> he used the the negatives in me. Now you, you used to bully your peers. Use that same voice and go speak up for your people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, when they wrote what they wrote, I was laughing. Because the Bible says your enemies will be your footstool. So while y'all over here calling me these names and sending me death threats, you're sharing that video every time. So ever since 2016, I've been able to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for my organization. My organization ain't missed a meal since 2016, so I thank God for it. But at the end of the day, it, was, it wasn't a good viral. Everybody want to go viral, but what happens if you go viral when it's a backlash viral? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was a backlash viral. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was terrible. My own grandma was like, are you okay? My mama, like, you know, trying to help me figure it out. Like, And it was just like the people was ignorant. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, police started in slave patrol. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. So you get a hundred. If a hundred thousand people tell you something like the sky is blue, right? We know the sky is blue in the daytime. But if a hundred thousand people tell you, no, it's not, it's red, you're going to wonder, like, damn, is my vision fucked up? Because I see blue, but everybody telling me it ain't blue. And so that's what was happening at that time in 2016. And then in 2020, when George Floyd died and Breonna Taylor, the activists were fed up. 
Now, if there's no more hands up, don't shoot. Because they ain't shoot George Floyd. You know what I'm saying? It ain't no more hands up, don't shoot. Because we're tired of begging. We're tired of asking y'all to stop killing us. Now, abolish the police, defund the police. And people think that when you see that, when you hear that term, it sounds like we're saying get rid of the police. Well, essentially. But when I say it, I mean that we need a radical restructuring of policing as we know it. We need peace officers. We need actual public safety diplomats. Police in this country is started in slave patrol. It's rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted in inherent biases. That's the whole purpose of it. And so there's no way that we can reform our way out of it. it there's no way you can fire a few cops. No, it's not going to be because the system in place. My dear friend, late friend, Irene Chavez, 33 years old, um, was killed December 18th at the police station. They told the family she killed herself. Third there's, district, right? Yeah, third district this last month. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of talk about that at right. all. Right, and if we didn't do the press conference, there would not be any news coverage at all. Yeah, because like they literally, and then she's a black queer, black and Latinx queer woman. Lori Lightfoot is a black queer woman. Ain't said nothing. No apologies to the family. Nothing. We can say what we want about Robbie Manuel, but Robbie Manuel did go to Javier Pendleton's parents' house. He did go to some people's house when their kids was killed and offer his condolences. That's the least you can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then so it's just like for me, we need to abolish the police. Period. Chicago. Police Department, according to the Department of Justice, has one is one of the most racist police departments in the United States. Period. It said it will take ten decades to undo the uh, inherent biases, the racism in the police department. So basically, you're saying we have to wait 20, 30, 40 years so we can have decent policing. That means that I have to wait till I'm old and my kids will be grown, but it's getting on. Because wasn't the policing like the KKK at first? And they just, yeah, they just yeah. took off their uniform. They just took so off their officers, doctors, exactly. judges, lawyers, dentists. Funny, uh, funny story about uh, how FM was was one of the first to really go mainstream with saying that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny story about that is during that time, or before, as that was happening, um, I was arrested and framed by the police. Oh wow. Um, I asked FM to go in my place. That FM went while I was in jail to do that interview. And she went viral. Now, backlash, but she was one of the first to even say that statement to get people to even start thinking differently about the police department. And I'm going through nine felonies. I had three top white shirts, captain, lieutenant, sergeant, all saying that I'm trying to grab their gun and tried to hit them and tried all type of stuff. No evidence. $350,000 bond. They tried to railroad me. City, the, the, my bond judge called me a criminal and he was rioting. And I'm like, dang, I thought I was only supposed to be getting the bond right now. <laughs> Gave me a $350,000 bond. The city of Chicago came together and raised 35000 to get me out in 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the celebs. Mm-hmm. One of the first was my boy, King Luke, you know, mm-hmm. who all came out to the county and stepped up and said, hey, we got to get Jay out. Mm-hmm. And so when she talked about the police department and, and, and really the, the, the racism, how deep it runs and how much power they have, you think about it. I'm talking about three white shirts who came to court every time I went to court to stand up in front of the judge so they could try to get them to do something to me mm-hmm. with no evidence. And they spoke just off they work. But right. guess what? They lieutenants, they sergeants, they captains. And if you look at their record, 
They got a hundred allegations of racism. Several times they've been suspended for false arrest or whatever. They got a whole. And so what I do, what what this is the new activism thing is, we go in front of police and we pull up their badge records. We say, oh, you got forty allegations. You did this to a lady. You did this to a black man. And they go silent. Then the police come grab and be like, you go to the back. You know because you know these folks get promoted. Yeah. They get promoted. See, that's the thing about the white supremacy in the police department. When they do what they do, they get promoted. Right. We have racist families that have literally passed it down to their kids, kids and yeah. their kids. One of them is the Cronin family. Yeah. Lieutenant Cronin was one of the lieutenants on my case, has constantly been on cases beating up activists, uh, assaulting black people. He is a lieutenant, still a lieutenant and still a lieutenant with one of the worst records in the department wow. and ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So when she talk about that, the statement is is radical because people be like, man, what do you mean the police? What are we gonna do without the police? But we really need to have a discussion on what policing really looks like exactly. and it's, what it needs to look like. It's really it's really just about knowledge because the thing about it is one thing my father always says is you can't things can't change until the black man and woman has the knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. So until we have the knowledge of self and understand what we've been through, what has gone on and that we have the ability to change, then it's going to continue to be the way it is. So, like, my question is, how do, like, we need to really come up with a way on how we can make these kids realize that standing up and doing things like this is just as cool as what they what they believe is cool right now, which is rapping, being on social media. You know, how do we show them that this can benefit them and this can be of justice to them just as anything else? Well, the reality is we got to start building black families again, y'all. Yeah, that's true. Man, yeah. Like we I speak on it all the time. Yeah. Man, yeah. like we we got to understand that these young people, man, they out here, they ain't got no parents. They mama, they got 70, 70 to 80% of black households live by single women. Mm-hmm. So right. all of them, you know, they got jobs. They're trying to provide and do everything on their own, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of our young people get into the wrong situations in the streets because of schools. Just like me, I was kicked out of nine schools. I went to 12 schools, y'all. So I was supposed to be that kid that they was like, hey, he going to be this, this. Every principal and teacher said I wasn't going to be nothing, okay? And I was that kid because they was just putting me out, knowing I, I was really just, you know, had a lot of energy, a lot of smarts, wasn't challenged enough, and they didn't know what to do with me. Because there's a lot of kids in that school and they really don't care. So they just put you out. So we really got to start building black families so that we are not straining ourselves individually on trying to raise families on our own, taking away time from our young people, man. Our young people need us, y'all. And that's why we need the entrepreneurs. We need, you know, the folks who are going to create the jobs and and give youth jobs and the village. And we got to care about day kids, just kids. Like, we got to bring that village back, man, mm-hmm. and really come together. Then we can have some control over influencing our young people. But right now, we so spread out, everybody doing their own thing yeah. that we don't have no type of unity at all in nothing, in no department. And we lose. And I also too want to add, too, I think that with, with millennials, Black Lives Matter, and with Generation Z, what we're seeing now on college campuses, the activist is the new activist, right? Yeah. Now, kids are getting scholarships for being an activist. 
Yep. I graduated from Columbia College in uh, 2016, an international arts management degree. I'm in grad school on a four grad scholarship. My activism got me these scholarships. Um, yeah. I spent three weeks yeah, at. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I know, it's crazy, right? Well, it, it, it wasn't like technical, like, oh, she's an activist, but it's yeah, like, yo, yeah, I'm doing this work. Activist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How can you? But, I, you know, and I thank God for it. There are, you know, some people who actually do care. Like, you know, in Black Lives Matter, we used to do a lot of black-only spaces, right, where we didn't want white folks to come in because they have their own space. They don't have to say that, but they don't tell us about mm-hmm. certain meetings. Um, but, I, you know, I've always been a person to intermingle with all cultures. I've been to 23 countries, you know what I'm saying? I was raised in a foster care. I was almost adopted by a white family. So, I, you know what I'm saying, I listen to, I don't judge. Like, I know some uh, some white angels, some black devils. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. And so, um, it was Mark Kelly who Lord just fired as the city of Chicago's cultural affairs director. Was, he's a great guy. He was, um, like, the like dean. White. white guy. Okay. He was the dean. Robin hired him, uh, Ron's last two years in office. He was the dean prior to that at, um... At Columbia, and I remember telling him in 2012 when I launched my nonprofit, Chicago National Youth Peace Movement. I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and you know, I showed him my video, like I am about to do this peace campaign, and he's like, Okay, are, are you in school this semester? I'm like, Nah, I'm not. He like, well, What can Jessica? What, what can I do to get you to come back to school? And school was the furthest thing from my mind. I'm like, What you mean? You give me come back to school? A scholarship? What you think? You know? And he made it happen. And he was like, You know, you're doing so many great things. He's like, but I don't want you to get lost in the movement that you lose yourself. I've seen young people get so caught up in it. They chase, you know, these stories. We're fighting for justice, a lifelong journey. And they look up 10 years in the past. They don't have a degree. They have a basic job. Life in. They didn't miss the opportunity. So I, I want you to be educated mm-hmm. because you're going to continue. And so it takes that. It takes a village, literally. And I appreciate that because through him, I got more scholarships and was able to, you know, finish school and so forth. But I also think that when I say that the the activists is now the athlete on campus. They're the most popular. I spent three weeks at Howard University last year. So Howard students were protesting um, against unhealthy housing. So they had mold in their dorms, rats, roses, etc. And they're paying $50,000 a year. And so, you know, my ex hit me up like, yo, you know, my daughter is a freshman. And you, I'm a Libra. I like to help people, but you gotta watch how you help people. Oh, great, you're the best. But people like to take advantage of our kindness. But I appreciate that because I was able to see Generation Z. They won't play no games. They told the president of how we ain't going back in those dorms. We'd sleep outside in tents. We'd rather sleep outside. And they did for over 40 days. And eventually, you know, Reverend Jackson came to campus, uh, Ayanna Presley, Congresswoman, Corey Bush, uh, Congressman Jamal Bowman, uh, different folks were showing support. And it took the kids, they weren't going in. And then eventually the president's like, okay, you know, we're going to do whatever we need to do. And the kids met their demands and they went back in. And so, the, the activists who are in college, if they fight and hold their ground, they're, they're the ones being written up back in the paper. I don't know about what current, you know, hot basketball players mm-hmm. or any of that right now, because it's really not relevant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's real stuff going on. It's COVID-19 going on. Anybody got, no one really cares. You know what I'm saying? And so just, I think that... You know, what's, what's crazy is, y'all, that activism shouldn't be something. You know, even when you talk about scholarships for activists, so we shouldn't be in that situation where we even have to do that. Facts. Yeah. Facts. There, there shouldn't be. I'm an activist because I don't want my kid to be an activist. That's right. I don't That's want right. my son to, to grow up and be my age and go be the head of a movement and mm-hmm. getting nine felonies. And <laughs> I, I don't want, like, no, that's not what I want for my son. We are in this so that we can change the realities of today. That's right. Yeah. And so it's unfortunate that we got to say, man, how do we get people to be act- No, we all need to be activists. Right. If everybody is all fighting for the common good, right. then 
it's it don't it's not a situation where they could target J Ma or they could target J- you know because we all together in a unified front. That brings me to the conversation of wealth, mm. and and if we do not start to build wealth in black communities, we are going to keep on losing because we're not going to be able to build any structure of power for ourselves, right. and we're in a situation where the systems still gonna control and oppress us. So now we're gonna need activists. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Because we got to go fight the white supremacist systems right. to stop doing us wrong when we can build our own power if we build our wealth. So how can we build wealth right. in the community? Number one, home ownership. I'm president of a housing counseling agency, right? I help folks, black, uh, um, black and brown folks throughout the country get in the home. So they got credit problems. We help them with their credit tax problems, whatever the case is. And then I got mortgage companies that's going to finance. Through banks? Yep. So we got... Um, um, home ownership is number one. Everybody should own a piece of property. If, you, if you've been owning your own home a while, you should be owning an investment property. Uh, number two is we need entrepreneurs. It makes no sense that our black elite folks with money don't have a fund to be in these neighborhoods giving seed money to build the next generation of entrepreneurs. Every from Roseland to Lowland, we should have strips of black businesses thriving. Right. But then that brings me to we need to support them. So mm-hmm. we really, we really, it's, it's a mindset piece that's deep in all of this. So I can talk about how to build wealth. I can show black people how to build wealth from front to back. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I invest in many, many, many businesses. But if the mindset is not there, then we, 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 we can't get anywhere. We need people to really understand that that's my brother. We're not in competition. That's right. Right. right? <laughs> that we together, like, and so it's it's too much money out here for us to be competing. That just because we got the same business, like no, we I'm, hey, you take this contract, man, hit me on it. Like we have to build that sense of unity. And I mean, that's why people move because that's how they move. That's I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Listen, y'all, yeah, I had a they person. don't have fields up, bro. Like the reality, we got like. Banks discriminate. You got to feel like your ethnicity. And as soon as you put that, which is why I fought chess in America. Yeah. Now off top. Extra yep. right. Which is what I fought Chase. I got a billion dollars from them because they was only lending to black communities 1.9% of the time. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So we like, we're going to shut down every branch. Did they really city. Drop the billion? Mm-hmm. So it's within five years, they have five years to, to push out all of the money and so home loans, like grants, and everything. Right. So that's so 200. That's, that's what, uh, how much? A billion? A billion. Okay, yeah. so 200 million a year. So, but they, we don't talk about But you know, I still tell folks, stop, stop backing with Chase. That's you know, Funding your own oppression. Like I went out there to let y'all know and to hold them accountable, and a billion dollars ain't nothing to them. But stop funding your own oppression. But the billion, from what from what I learned with Chase, to me, the billion really was like get this young dude fuck on out of our face because if you look at their research, they've paid millions every time, and it's always about discriminatory acts. That's what they do. That's what I said. No matter the fact that, that I was able to get... I'm still bare from Chase. I can't even walk in any Chase and bear from Chase. Oh, I'm still bare from Chase. But no matter what I was able to get out of Chase Bank, <laughs> we still should not be messing with an institution that don't really rock with us. Right. And we should have enough unity to build our own institution. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it makes no sense. I want to go further to J.P. Morgan Chase... Um, they built he the person JP that was a guy was a slave owner, man, slave owner. Slave owner. Yeah. No, and he made his wealth yep. on yeah with on the back seventeen hundred slaves as well mm-hmm. as and you know what they did the they gave us a five million dollar scholarship fund for that like come that's on nothing. that's mm-hmm. nothing that's nothing but I think that it's important for us to be very cognizant of American history and know that this country 
we built this joint for free, as Angela Wright would say, but this country was never, they never want us to be equal in no. society. In fact, right. equal to what? Equal to that? Right. So we need equity. We don't need we equality. Need you know what I'm yep. saying? But the truth of the matter is, after Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1865, it was a business deal. He did not mm-hmm. want the South exactly. to succeed. It was, it was right. business. Exactly. The Industrial Revolution was happening. China was producing quicker. They was using the railroads. It was. They were now using factories and machines. That whole picking cotton was old. I'm and so, mad, man. Get, I think it's very important. No, because <laughs> I think that with the, with the laws that were created, I'm actually when I finish my master's program, I'm actually studying right now for the LSATs. I'm going to be an attorney because I'm going to sue the hell out of a lot of these corporations and big pharma and sue the government like in the Oh yeah, for sure. A lot of people they're funding people's debt. So I think that but when you go back to the history, you study American history, history is my favorite subject, period. These laws of the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth Amendment, which are the most important amendments in the Constitution for black folks. Mm-hmm. Right to vote, free to slaves, right to vote, citizenship. And then it came the eighteenth amendment when women got the right to vote. It was never about black women at all, but they only only gave black men a piece of the pie initially on was just to because it was all business mm-hmm. so that the north would lead us out but and policing came about for runaway slaves but the exactly. sl- racism was created out of slavery every country um it's, slavery was a business and so the you know the greeks were enslaved by romans and so forth right mm-hmm. and so in, in africa black people sold black people it was it was it was universal you, you did crime, you become a slave. And mm-hmm. so what happened was, Europeans came over and they was like, okay, and then they started stealing slaves. And so one, uh, a particular slave enslaved one man, Queen Nanny, one of my favorite people in history of uh, the Ashanti tribe. She was from Ghana. She was kidnapped, her and her brothers, and was brought to a plantation in Jamaica. She murdered that entire family and hid out and went into the hills near Bontingo Bay. It's now called Nanny Town. She went she back down. She killed the white family? She killed the entire family. She was actually she was actual queen, so it was like you kidnapped. She wasn't like a regular person, so and she was a warrior, and so she went. And this is not a myth; it's like real history. That's real history. And so yeah. she went down. She's Queen Nanny's on the five hundred dollar bill in Jamaica, and there's mm-hmm. a town called Nanny Town, which is after her. So after she killed her family, she took their guns, went to the mountains, came back down, got her brother Cujo, and they kept doing it. And anybody who stayed a slave, they killed them around the spot. So when uh, the uh, British. Um, the British uh, troops, when they would come to pursue the Maroons, is what they called them, uh, the runaway slaves, they would utilize nature. Uh, they would, you know, it was Africans that was very used to running in the jungle, and they would have one run this way. And back in those days, the guns like the musket took a long time to load it. So you would cock it, load it, but it take a minute. And so while they were trying to load it again, because they didn't shot um, basically a decoy, they coming up and they kill them. And so they would take their guns, they had their own army. They were so tough that the British government was like, you know what, we ain't fighting no more. They can do what they do. And so my name, FM Supreme, actually is forever Maroon Supreme. Always a runaway slave to the system. And so, you know, the history teaches us, oh, you have all slavery happened and everybody was sad and you had, you know, Nat Turner or Henry Tubman and everybody else with some good old slaves. No. It's not, that's not the narrative. That's the narrative that's that the they're teaching. That they Here, teach you know what I'm saying? Where the fuck did y'all learn all this from? <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm just like, I know y'all from the hood, but y'all really ain't from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> no, we from the we from the hood. We from the hood. We from the hood. I think you know. At, at the end of the day, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of this stuff is self-talk. I think on both of our ourselves. So it's it's one of those things where you in it. 
and you like you you feel like you fighting for your people, uh, and you have to learn more so that you can really educate your people. When you're on a platform, I was pushed out there. I wasn't. I didn't plan to be an activist. It was never in my goal. I didn't write that in my book. Cause I want to be an activist. But because certain situations happened, like the Laquan McDonald video, and I was pushed out because I was the best speaker, um, you know, it was a situation where it was like, okay, I really got to know what's going on. I really got to understand politics. At a young age, I was in them rooms, you know what I'm saying, in City Hall at a young age. I was understanding how things work. I was understanding where all the money went. And so it was just, it's just about teaching yourself uh, and really understanding um your history, what's going on, so that you can show your people, look, this is the route to go. Speaking of Laquan McDonald, you know, I got him on the wall over there. Yeah. Uh, also, he's going to come on, right? He's going to come on. Yeah. He's going to come on. February 3rd. February 3rd. Three years. There was no time. There was no time. There was no time. Nope. He did that with his ass closed. Yeah. I saw that. And he raised a lot of money for his family, took care of his family. Even when he was going through his trial, the Fraternal Order Police Union gave him a job as a janitor just to say they gave, you know, just to really give him money. He really wasn't up in there sweeping nothing up. But, you know, they, they made sure they took care of his family all the way through. And that's what I'm talking about, why our unity is so important, man. If we don't start to build wealth and have unity, we they're going to continue to kill us, push us out. We will never have any power in this country. And that's what they want. And they're going to let folks from uh, uh, other countries who, who come over, they're going to always live better lives yeah. than we have ever lived. Absolutely. Y'all know what they they give me though. Unedited take. Unedited take. Unedited take on Lori. Don't nobody mess with Lori in Chicago. I want to know. I want to know. Like your unedited take on Lori. I do not. I do not. Rom or Lori, like what's the difference between them? Because everybody was on Rom, man. Yeah. Not everybody on Lori. Yeah. You, you, you want me to go? You go first. I'll go behind you. As the person who had relate, I both of us had relationships with Rami Manuel. Let's do it tomorrow. Oh, you go first. So, let me get let me just say I can't. Let me let me just say this. Yeah. Lori Lightfoot is the black queer version of Rama. Absolutely. Okay. So they are very close much to the same and much of the same and he put her on. So that was his confidant. That was he his friend. Barack Obama. Yeah, but he was Barack Obama. When he came in and, and when he came to be mayor because they kicked, they really kicked him out of the White House because Michelle Obama hated him. He came to be mayor and um, he, he, uh, Lori Lightfoot was ahead of every task force, police board. He appointed her in many positions over the years. So they were very close. That was, you know, that was, they were very close friends. So Rahm Emanuel, essentially, he was coming out of a machine style uh, politics, right? Under the regime, coming to Chicago to kind of, you know, bring the machine here. Uh, and essentially, move, just keep moving forward all of the racist systems and enriching the folks around him. Mm-hmm. He's very business friendly. All of his friends get the skyscrapers and the contracts. And, you know, yeah. turn the blind out of black folks. Like, we had come over there and shake your hand and kiss your baby. But, you know, y'all know it's business as usual. Yeah. Lori, essentially, is that but the black face. And so she will come and look you in your face like, I'm you, but really is not behind the scene. Of course. So, you said, so it's it's she like the house nigga? 
You know, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Right now, 
Arnie Duncan, who is was CPS. the CPS CEO yeah. under Obama, tied to Rom to bring the machine back, and he could be mayor the next He's election. Obama's next started. We cannot continue to allow them to control this situation in our city. And if black folks don't understand what's going on in our neighborhoods, they better understand one thing. If we don't have a real leader that's coming from this, that understand this, that's tied to this, we will never get out of this. But she said, and God, don't put a mess. No, no, so no, no. But my thing is, what you, you, me, no, 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 no. <laughs> Faith not works today. You just, my thing is this. Skin folk don't make you kin folk, right? Exactly. Just because you're black don't mean I'm going to make you. Just because you're black don't mean that you have the best interests of black people. Because if you look at the black politicians in this city, and I love Bobby Rush, I love Kim Fox, but honestly, I'm disappointed in all of them. Mm-hmm. Our children are dying. What I've noticed in my 15 years of being an activist, mm-hmm. I'm 33 years old, been an activist since I was 15, so really, you know, a long time. But overall, what I've noticed About is 18, that these people enrich themselves. They enrich mm-hmm. their social capital. Uh, Another politician who I knew way before she was a lieutenant governor who I can't stand anymore is Juliana Stratton. I knew Juliana Stratton before she was before she ran for state senate. She was actually my mentor who brought me into local government. She reached out to me in 2011 asking me how would I like to partner some of my community organizing with local government because the town work with Cook, you know, Cook County Board President Tony Preckman was that juvenile justice director. You know, I know a lot of people in power and what I've noticed is that when they get a taste of that power in that government seat, they they become something that they never intended to be, mm-hmm. or maybe they intended to be at the all the mm-hmm. time. I can't discern that, but I mm-hmm. know I don't respect it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there is no Calvary coming to save us. Mm-hmm. The government will never save our communities, or any communities for that matter. It's really each one teach one, but it also gonna take education. You know, knowledge of know thyself. Knowledge yourself is more important than knowing your enemy, because if you know yourself. You know your weakness. You know your strengths. Don't focus on, you know, oh, is it in football? Is it offense? 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 Uh, offense then wins the game and then defense. You know what I'm saying? But Whichever one is doing better. I just think that I know that for a fact, economically, black people in America are worse off today than we were in 1968 when Dr. King was assassinated. Financially, we had more in 68 than we have today. And if we keep going on the way that we're going now, we will be broke as a people by 2050. It doesn't matter if we have a few millionaires, a few billionaires. And I think that, too, people think that becoming a rapper or a basketball player or an artist is the way to get the bag. That's actually not... I mean, you can't you can't get a bag that way. But the most money... I work for Jewish billionaires. It's my real money. Not that play money that we talk about. The money. Those kind of people don't spend money like we spend money. They don't buy the nice cars. No. Warren Buffett drives around in a minivan Dodge Caravan. He still lives in a house that he had for over 30 years. And not that he can't afford it, but because why would I waste this money when I can put this money in other places? I ain't living like my money. Money. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this shit is tripping. I'm going about it. Right? You know, I mean, I'm going to do it. 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 i am going to do it 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 i am going to
Y'all to come up. We don't yeah, give a right. shit who come above you as long as the blacks are down yeah, here. We're not that. giving that type of. We're all we already just like how the West got all this generational wealth that they yeah. built off our backs. Right. We don't have anything. Right. The same way I was talking to my friend the other day, I said, "Think about it." We was talking. If I said, "Think about it," they didn't give reparations to everybody mm-hmm. else. They didn't give right. money to the Japanese. Mm-hmm. I get it. They didn't give the money to the Jews. We ain't do that shit. Right, they right, didn't right. give right. money to right. everybody right. else. Except blacks, right. and they refuse to yeah. because it takes a level of accountability. That that's saying that that they, that to, to give us reparations means we did something wrong. They America, did, they did exactly, yeah. but they don't but want they to. Don't they don't, don't want to acknowledge that. Have, and that goes back to the type of leaders that black folks select. Okay. That goes all the way back to politics. Reason politics. why? Reason Damn. being. We have several offices and several initiatives that have been moved forward to help incentivize folks who come over from overseas. The Office of New Americans was started right here in 2011 by Rahm Emanuel, where it's an office that coordinates all of the city government with a budget behind it to all work together to help these certain people. That means contracts. They have their own percentage of contracts. Mm-hmm. They have their percentage of jobs and departments, etc. He created an office, and guess what? Joe Biden, they moved it for January 20th, uh, and, and eight days after Joe Biden got in, he signed it for the whole country. Now it's an office of new Americans with a $150 billion budget across the country. So now, when you're talking about leadership, right? When you're talking about Knowing that they won't give us reparations, why don't we have a mayor that created a, a Ados office with the same Man. mentality as the as the other one that coordinate all those offices say, that I had a percentage? You, you know why? But okay, yeah, you know why? But I mean, that has a percentage of contracts that go directly to the. You know, we we need to we we so we under minorities. Yeah. They they, call, they 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 loop us all in. No, we need our own. Uh, uh, um, contracts, jobs, office, everything, because we're the ones that have suffered. And at the end of the day, that's what we got to fight for. And that's what we need to be moving for our leaders to be doing. And we got to stop being tricked by the media and the system. But let's stay there for see if we need a solution as well. Now, let me take this. Think about this, right? Mm -hmm. The Black Panther Party was knowingly dismantled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By a white FBI. Yep. It's 2022. Yep. And the KKK is knowingly still legal. Yeah. 
and we as a whole still argue and press on each other as a culture on voting for two eighty-year-old white men. Mm. Right. Mm. So how do we get our own when we so fucked up and programmed culturally that we still argue about vote? First of all, why do we even have to vote for fairness? Mm-hmm. Right there, it tells you like, yeah, we want, let's vote. If you get him, they might help you. If you get them, they not gonna help you. What the fuck sense the vote to make? That well, we have to, to vote. We have to vote to participate to participate in the change of policies. Right? No, we have to vote, vote for so you, mirrors, No, but we shouldn't. You, you, you can't vote by oh, I'm a Democrat or oh, I'm a Republican. What he's saying, I just want to make sure everybody clear. Right. What he's saying is is correct on this. We have so much work to actually change the mentalities of our communities, our communities. that voting is here and we really have some real we yeah. really have some real problems here. And he, and you are exactly like correct. Was this we have, we have, we have a situation where we don't love each other, where we are created to we we were brought up to hate each other. We have so many systems. We our culture was stripped from us from the very beginning. We are here on a blank canvas and we have to start all the way over. That's why we can't even relate to each other. But everything you said. You know, I'm a first generation uh Nigerian. My father uh was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. You did that DNA test shit? No, my, no, 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 but the reason why I mention that is because you know, as we all know, as African Americans, that the African community, Africans and West Indians think they not black or they think yeah. they different, right? They yeah. they it's like a other because they basically when you know what I'm saying when I was over in Nigeria in 2015, uh, you know everybody was like, oh she's from America, so everybody was like, see me and, and my father's wife brother was like, yeah, I guess he thought I was cocky. Because I'm like, it's a black American. But because you think American, you think money. Everybody, no matter what country I've been to, they hear my accent, then I got some money. Because really? you're from America and right. you over here. Wow. Everybody wants to come to America. America is the epicenter of the world. Everybody wants to come right. here. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Hollywood, all that stuff. But they don't realize when they get this, not what they thought it was. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? TV. But long story short, he asked me this and he humbled me. He said, So you're from America? I was like, Yeah, you know, born and raised. He's like, Why the police? Kill all black people over there. Mm, they kill you know a lot. What I'm they kill a lot of people. But but at the time, this 2015, Black Lives Matter is blowing up and stuff like that. So basically, like, yeah, you from this place, land free, but they treat your people like like nothing. Yeah. Like your people get murdered every day. Why is that? And I said, well, you know, America has a rich history of racism. Police started slavery, et cetera, et cetera. But and then my my father, you know, he lived in Houston and he been in America since 1977. He don't understand why all niggas in the hood can't be Obama. He like Obama. Did. I said, well, the fathers was in the house. Obama's father was in the house, and it's just like there's a there's a lack of a true understanding of how deeply uh, embedded racism racism is in true the trauma, the PTSD, post traumatic slave disorder, like the trauma of That's slavery. Like we still feel those things. So it's like they say, oh, black folks, like no, we're not lazy. We tired of working for y'all. We tired of not getting. You know what I'm saying? Like our equal pay. Like 
uh, a woman, a white woman makes 70, 79 cents to the dollar. So for every dollar a white man make, a white woman makes 79 cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asian woman make like 77 cents. A black woman make like 72 cents. A Mexican woman make like 66 cents. You understand what I'm saying? So we have all these paid qualities going off our, our race. But at the end of the day, like I said, race is a social construct. And it was created to justify slavery because in the 1800s, after they were ending slavery, the reason why they ended was for economic reasons. But we had indentured, indentured service. So a lot of white folks from Europe who were basically slaves, it was indentured service. They came over here, basically like, going to work their dead off. And then it, it was hard to, uh, and then they would run away as well, just like slaves would run away. It was hard to identify the um, white folks who were indentured servants versus, so it was like, well, I'm not black. And so slavery, that's where race came to play. Well, these people are black. Black is not only in America are melanated people called black. They don't, we don't go back black nowhere. I remember being in Singapore. I hate black. But no, I was in a mall and I was so happy to see a black man. I was like, yo, that's a black man. He was like, oh, black. like the word. We literally brought. That's because we don't know who we are. We Americans. That's why we go through so much. American black. Because we don't know who we are. And so that's 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 the that's the basis of why we're so. Let's stay on this. Um, Let's stay on what you're saying because it's random as fuck. What's the um, Tesla dude name? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah. So if he's from South Africa, no. he's not our color. Ain't he African American? <laughs> no. He come from South Africa to America like we no, did. Same white so folks. white people can't be no. African American. See, white people in South Africa did what the white people in America South did. South. They came and imperialized and how, how the how the Europeans took this land from Native Americans. They took that land from. I've been in South Africa. I've been in Johannesburg and Cape Town. Cape Town, the most beautiful place I've ever been to in the yeah, it was flies, they, and it was known that they had the gold rush. It was so much gold in Cape Town. The Africans, like, they were so racist with apartheid. Nelson did 27 years in prison for nothing. But he came out and, you know what I'm saying, became the president. And the only reason why they allowed him to do that is because they knew that his part of the ANC, they was radical. Like, Winnie Mandela was not no punk. Rest in peace to Winnie Mandela. Like, she... You know what I'm saying? Like, they wanted her for murder. They said she killed somebody because they, somebody turned on them or whatever. But overall, they was activists. They was organized. They was fighting for our people. Like, we, black people are the original people, period. Adam and Eve was black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Garden of Eden was in Egypt. You know what I'm saying? No, she was black. She was <laughs> black. Yeah, you know, but the, the history, the way they, the way they, the way they teach us um, history, we learn in lies. And so there's a, there's a book called, you know, um, Lies that my teacher always taught me, like a history book. I would encourage everybody to read that. Like, and I went to, I graduated from private school. I went to Chicago County Arts High School. So I actually checked out. I'm not from the hood. No, I'm from the hood, bro. I'm a foster kid. But it's like, I'm all about your education. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the hood. That's the thing. Like she always knew, even with us being in foster care, she knew that if her kids, she, that was her way of making up for not being there. No, let him know that people school. can be from the hood and not be a stereotypical. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like, I'm Damn, like, like, real talk. It's only about God, like God, hip hop, and education saved my life in that order. God, hip hop, education. Because rap kept me, you know, what I'm saying, out of other people's face. You know, what I'm saying, kept me in my own zone. Kept me wanting to be motivated. And then when I started doing poetry. I transferred Chicago County to Arts High School. I'm, with, I'm in class with white kids. I'm learning about Socrates and Plato. And these white kids think they're smarter than me. And guess what? 
I don't think they smarter than me, but they know more shit than I know. So now I got to go home and I need to read more. I need to learn more because in public school, when I was in Sydney High School, I'm getting A's and B's without effort. Now yeah, I'm getting C's I'm and B's. And that's when I learned, and this is what happened to Lori Lightfoot, this is when I learned that white kids, they've been trained from the beginning to succeed yeah. on these standardized tests. Lori Lightfoot, meanwhile, you pushing for CPS students to go to school, your daughter be in home school. Your daughter go to oh. University of Chicago Lab School. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most expensive schools in this city. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, say it again. Say it again. Lori's daughter goes to University of Chicago Lab School. Same school that Rami Manuel's kids go to. Mm-hmm. All the rich kids. So it's like five rich high schools and grammar schools Man. in Chicago. University of Chicago Lab School. Setting nations. My high school, Chicago has the arts, which costs 30000 a year. There's um, Latin School Chicago and Francis W. Parker. These five schools are the schools that all the rich people send their kids to. And, and, and these are great schools. Yeah. And these kids, I, like, all I know is I had to catch up. So I, I transferred to my private school junior year, and I was doing well academically, and then I noticed these white kids, I go to parties with them. They doing cocaine. Yeah, they doing all drugs. you always I ain't even in high school. I they smoke weed for losers. They doing butt. I'm at the, uh, at the assembly, the honors assembly. The niggas, the main kids doing the drugs, yes. they, they got straight A's. Hmm. They got straight A, so I'm like, hell no, nah, I gotta go hard because I ain't doing none of those But what happens when you catch a case, FM? I mean, they get thrown out, period. Oh. And, and if you even look at the war on drugs, like, like with opioids, the reason why now <laughs> they want to, you know, create programs and, and, and let people come home from non-violent offenses because their kids yeah. are hooked on fentanyl. Their kids yeah. are hooked on heroin. Their kids are hooked on crystal meth. And so yeah. it's really, it, you know, chickens have come home the roof. You know, like, yeah. black folks, they done locked up so many, you know, yeah. black folks in prison, like Larry Hoover, like Jeff Ford, and so many others, um, yeah. you know, for different, free, free Larry Hoover, free Jeff Ford, free Amal, free Mumia. They, they, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 for these, they put folks in prison for nonviolent offenses. Folks had 25 years to life, where, meanwhile, Jason Van Dyke killed a Kwame McDonald three in three years. You know what I'm saying? Years. The person who killed my friend, Irene, probably gonna get in no time. Because they knocking down. The person who killed Sandra Bland, no time. Yeah, the no cop time. who murdered Michael Brown, no time. And so what we really have to do, like Jay Maul said, is build up our community, build up the black family. Black family was intentionally destroyed by the United States government. They intentionally took the black men out of the house. They intentionally uh, created this narrative about black welfare queens where everybody know that there's more white women on welfare today and, and ever since welfare existed than any people in the country. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's really too keep us in our quote-unquote place, but, you know what I'm saying, if anybody listens to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, mm-hmm. which I do, religiously, it's over. So it's, all, it's up to us to pick up, like, I believe 2020 was the great reset. You got the great deception, a lot of stuff going on, the pandemic, the pandemic, at the end of the day, God sits high and looks low. And so, meanwhile, while they got all the nefarious plans going on with this modern-day New World Order, God, like, okay. We spent all that money. We, 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 exactly, God, right. as you should. You know what I'm saying? As you should. But I think that's part of it. And I ain't gonna lie. And all the years I've been traveling, I've been traveling a lot since 2006. I ain't never seen so many black people with Louis bags, Gucci bags, like so tricked out. It's this last year. And in 2020. But only got like one 
fifty got cooked because they went and bought a Ferrari. They went and bought a Ferrari. Yeah. See, they, yeah. See, the banks are the snitches. That's what yeah. they, they they messed up. Yeah. The black folks who got the yeah, banks, banks the snitches. So you going you gonna spend PPP money on the cop? The banks was already the banks mad. Tell, uh, they was they was yeah. profiling. So profiling. Black person got one hundred and forty. The yep. bank really was mad as fuck. And you go up in there and ask for something and, and help putting a hold on your account. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 I just think that it's they really did. astonishing that we get to have all this funding for PPP, have all this funding for unemployment, have all this funding for the EIDL, and all these programs, which we need it in SBA, but we can't forgive student loans. Funding for the military. Oh, yeah. right. We don't even have a, 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 a real healthcare system right. in this country, and that's why Big Pharma keeps... Benefiting off of our health. Hey, let's speak on that. Can we speak on the health care? Because why in the fuck our culture so stressed on the government care about us, but health care is not free, but these goddamn COVID shots is free. Hmm. But y'all saying, oh, the COVID shot is for they because they care that we live. No. But but it's people at home dying because they can't get their fucking medicine Wait, or afford have a it. But Motherfucker sit down here and argue with me and say, oh, man, uh, they got that. That's what I'm saying. They, Everybody they, 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 they say, oh, you take the shot because they care about you. That's why. It's like, no, you take the shot off choice. If you want to take it, take it. You feel me? Like, yeah. if that was the case, they wouldn't be fucking putting cancer in our food and health care. Like I said, bro, I personally know people that couldn't afford a surgery or a medicine and die. Talk, but this fucking COVID come along and they say, oh, we care about you. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. It's, it, it is big business. This is a this is a money game, and that's the it's the reality. The reality of the situation is they don't care about they your health. Care if, they, if they cared about your health, you wouldn't have lead pipes. You that's wouldn't you wouldn't, you wouldn't have neighborhoods without a grocery store for miles. Right. You wouldn't be in a situation where they put your black neighborhood next to the refineries and all the, the and polluted areas. Yeah. We we are in a situation obviously where we are number one in heart disease, asthma, all these conditions, asthma, all preventable diseases, and it's really at the hands of the government Absolutely. over the years. Absolutely. So that's why there is uh, a situation in the communities where folks are, are resistant to the shot. And I totally understand it because even during COVID, how many, how many times have y'all talked about real health? Just, I mean, exactly. exercise. Right. The number one health, people who health. die from COVID are the ones who are obese. Are y'all going out there saying <laughs> exercise? Are y'all getting out there talking about right. sea moss or no, eat healthy no, right. or, or right. natural? Or yeah. not, they not. There's not no money it's, in that. There's not no money in that. And so yeah. at the end of the day, we know this is a money game. Um, what I say to folks is I'm pro-health. So what does that look like for you? And you make that choice. That's we it. talk about exercise. I'm going to run a cancel COVID campaign where folks will be. I'm going to have folks help exercise. We're going to have exercise classes. We're going to have vendors with uh, um, sea moss and elderberry and, yeah, and all black seed oil. We're going to have healthy smoke. We, we pro health. Right. We're getting our health together. That's right. Because regardless if you have the shot or not, you know you can still catch COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So That's if right. you got the shot and you catch COVID and you got one of these conditions, nine times out of ten, you can still die. Because of the underlying conditions. And because of the underlying conditions. So we got to get our health together. We got to start 
fighting for, that's why I talk about economics. We need to be bringing grocery stores. Why does right. All Gill Gardens, all over 130 of yep. don't have a grocery store near All Gill Gardens? Right. Why? Right. Yeah. You got 30, th- how many thousand people sitting right there who got to get to Walmart 111 just to get some produce? And you know, Walmart ain't really got fresh produce. Yep. So we yep. had a situation where we living in these food deserts mm-hmm. with no support and how much it even costs to even uh, uh, transport or get produce. So we got uh, we started pop up produce stations. I'm going to all get a garden, going to all the food deserts, and I'm giving it out, giving out thousands, thousands of dollars worth of fresh uh, produce. And, 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 and we got to, that's what we got to be focused but on. How much juice for our activists, y'all age, like reality have? Because because the things y'all say so real and so deep, but the inside school, how much power juice do y'all have to get us on the road? Because really, bro, we in a lose-lose. So well, the power has always been in the people, right? That's so organized, right. organized people and organized money is what win campaigns. Right. Win political campaigns is what win grassroots campaigns. So once we organize our people and you organize that coming to meetings by, you know, what Jamal does with his... Um, when you get when you gather for folks, right? I'm an yeah. actual season organizer. Like I've trained like um with some of the top black organizers in the country, elders in my age and younger as well. And pretty much you have to organize the people. We have yeah, to be fight, we have to know what our goals are, what the objectives yeah. are, what are we organizing for? You know what I'm saying? And then on top, once you organize the people, then you have to get organized money. These big yeah. pharma are uh, these politicians? They organize. This is organized yeah. money. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So the power is in the people. The people can actually block things and can change things, right? Mm-hmm. But you still gotta have money to combat it because that's why I'm going to law school. You still gonna have to go to the law, to okay. the courts. You still gonna have I to was just gonna say that when you, you, when you said when you said attorney, all yeah, these things that FM's talking about are amazing, but we can't move them forward unless we build wealth. Period. We have to Period. build wealth. We need to be having folks like. Talk about, like, I see uh, hoodies and everything. We need a manufacturing company that's going to yeah. make these hoodies. You yeah. feel me? And like, we need the Chicago brands. And he's all Chicago brands, yeah. too. Yeah. Hey. But, like, we need the manufacturing companies to, to do that. When I talk about construction, I'm in real estate. We got no black-owned companies in building companies right before they build up something. So you talk about mass excavation where they lay the soil out. Ain't no black companies in that. You got dynamic compaction where they, they dropping the ball to, to, to get the soil together before they build it. We got utility, site utility companies. They don't have site utility companies who come over to the um to the land and you know you gotta have lights and gas come to the land that y'all building on. We don't have no black owned companies in none of these fields that create millions and millions of dollars of wealth. What we environmental firms. And guess that's what we do have, though, that's sad as fuck that you say that. Like, like everybody just picture this. When you when you mention, like, multi-millionaires, billionaires, you mm-hmm. say Michael Jordan, right. Kanye West, you know, yep. single names. Mm-hmm. But when you talk on white people, it's families. Families. Yeah. But on this, think there about you that. Go. On our side, we, be we name, well, name, yep. we name a player. Y'all, y'all know who the Rockefellers are. We name are. a player. We, y'all know who the rich side, families of America is up. So, it's like, and that's who, is behind, back to. who is behind Kanye West and Michael Jordan? And their family to, to continue to say, we don't. It's Kanye is a billionaire. Michael Jordan is a billionaire. Yep. Then you go over here and say the Rockefellers. Let me just say, we well, don't I, need no more single millionaires. That's all that's right. We well, don't need no more. We need to no build families and build units. Me, what I do, I don't. I don't care about being a millionaire. That that don't make you know what I'm saying. I, I have. I've, I've done it. But the point is, 
is I want to make as many millionaires as possible. That's what Family. matters to me. I don't care how much money I got, but if I can say I done created a thousand millionaires, I've helped do, do my job. Yeah. And I want to say that, you know, black cap- capitalism has oh, never, it never will too. save us. Um, it's important to think about yeah, that. Part two. Um, but also, you know, when I think of people with money, I actually don't think of Kanye West. I don't think of Michael Jordan. I think of George Soros, one of the richest men in the world who I've had the opportunity to meet with twice and who's funded my organization. I think of Bill Gates. I think of Warren Buffett. I think of Mark Zuckerberg. I'm talking I'm about Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm talking about I don't think of a black person. I think of Robert Johnson who founded BET. Or that brother, that so that brother from Texas who, um, <laughs> who bought Jack, Ebony Jack and he also paid all the student loans for the Morehouse College of 2018. That black, I forget his name, but that's another yeah, brother. brother. I think of brothers like that because at the end of the day, if you're hoarding your wealth, you just enriching yourself and your family, that does nothing for the black community. But exactly. before I to say that, oh, yep. he's a black person exactly. who made it, who cares? Who cares? Are you are you giving back? Are you yeah. are you building community gardens? Are you investing in businesses? Yeah. Are you investing into activists? Are you investing investing into home ownership, helping folks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Build, you know, climb out of poverty. So Michael Jordan, I think now that in his later life, he's now deciding to give back. So like there's a department in Nike, you know what I'm saying? I mean it about that. I don't know personally what he's doing. I'm just no, saying, I'm, I'm saying, saying like his family don't if he giving back yeah. whatever, that's his money. Right, right. But usually, usually, usually families, the usually families come together to build families. They, 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 they pledge to give away all of their wealth. So Warren Buffett actually is, has, has, has it in his will. When he passes away, his kids are not getting that and money. Bill Gates he can Bill Gates. Yeah. And there's you know, other yeah. billionaires to do that where it's the money to different, you know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. legacy building. Hey, that's quick, how you quick, quick, quick pop quiz for everybody real quick. I know we winded down. Yeah, we got like two minutes. All right, quick pop quiz. He talked about families and, and building family wealth. What is the what is the richest family in, in Illinois? Family. Is it the Griffin family? It's King Griffin. Oh, well, King Griffin is the richest. But I'm talking about family though. As many the they Prisker got family? many Priskers. Prisker. David Prisker. David Prisker. All of his all of his brothers and sisters. They all billionaires. The highest. The highest. They own the highest, and they inherit the highest, and they all have foundations. They fund all the nonprofits. It's a family. It's family wealth, and now he's governor and helping rich the rest of the family. And so we we really we really got we really got to build family and build union. And we got to support each other more. Support each other more. We got we got to do that, man. And build. Hey, when I say build families, man, that means that you know we got to address some of these deep issues on why we not. Getting married and why we not? You know, what I'm saying? we don't part two that. Yeah. And, 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 part and two. the part two, yeah. said too, that there are different ways that families look right. Don't know 100%. The right. So before we close out, <laughs> so look, Girl, we close out. <laughs> I want to know, will you be running for mayor? Um, so, no. <laughs> Actually, so that's, that's a um, so that's a good question. Will I, you run I, for mayor and will you stay true to us? Let me say this: I'm exploring a run for mayor of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I am, um, but what I will say is. First of all, my values and morals will never change no matter what seat I am, the seat I'm in. I don't look for political seats. I've never, they always say, oh, run for the run. I'm like, no. I'm a business guy. I help build entrepreneurs and homeowners. Black truck, baby. If I'm in that position, I know what I can do and do it and then move out the way. Um, and that's, that's all. I am exploring. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate that's that. a hard no. Ask us something. I close out. I just want to, you know, have an out. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> 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 make sure y'all like, subscribe.
We're gonna do a part two of this. For sure. This is his favorite type of subject. Yeah, so this is my gonna, shit right here. He's Kevin Durant. You don't let him hear Kevin Durant. Like you show me. We gotta get a part two. This is my type of shit. But I do. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, follow everybody on the podcast, man. We appreciate y'all. Get it for fame, shit, I'm all about racks. racks. I'm big dog, little bitch, that's facts. Fuck me, no cap, dog. I mix the shit with the fentanyl. You talk a tough, get your face shot. Just for teeth and I'm knocking your lips off. In no future, I'm pulling up stick talk. In the ring, trying to